Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. For a young woman that I met in Atlanta last weekend, she said it makes her day every time she hears that. So we're back and we're black and brown. I'm Tiffany. I'm Mandy. And this is Brown Ambition. <laughs> Happy hump day. Yes. I'm super excited because we have an interview and honestly, they're like the cutest couple in the world. So I was Instagram stalking as I do. And I came across the story of this phenomenal couple from my hometown, Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, it's an Atlanta. It's just an Atlanta themed episode today. Mm -hmm. Tiffany was in Atlanta this weekend without me, but it's fine. Um, And this couple, their names are Leo and Faith, and they are 27 years old and 30 years old, just married last year. And they decided to spend their first year tackling $100,000 worth of debt. Mm. in 12 months you know no big deal but I saw that I saw their story on Instagram because they had just celebrated paying off a hundred thousand dollars of debt but what really struck me was that they were like oh we're not done yet we have another hundred thousand dollars to pay off next year but they look so happy and joyous and I reached out to them and I asked if they would come on the show and just share their story of of how they managed to pay off so much debt and so little time being so young Um, and I love I love their interview I think that they are really inspiring I mean, you and I both talk about the issues we had early on in our relationships, getting on the same page with our significant others, like to, to tackle something like that. Like if you're not going to be a team about it, it's never going to work. Um, and I know that we've got questions from listeners over the, over the years now, we've been doing this podcast asking, you know, what do you do if your spouse isn't on board, not on the same money page and whatnot? And I think Leo and Faith's story is just proof of um, first how to solve that issue and then how to tackle your debt together as a team. It's just a great, great lesson that you guys are going to learn today because it's just, it's not easy when you're, it's one thing to make your own financial decisions and goals and choices. It's another when you have to, this is not a boyfriend or whatever, like you must consider someone else's uh, feelings when you're, you're tackling your financial goals and theirs as well. So this past weekend was really amazing, Mandra, because I went to um, Atlanta, your old stomping grounds. Yeah, without um, me, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> so Blavity had this, um, Blavity and 2190 had this conference called Summit 21. It was really geared toward women of color who, um, it seemed like entrepreneurial women of color. That's what I would like, I would say, but not everybody wanted to be an entrepreneur. Some people just came for like inspiration and, um, but I feel like most people did. And there was about 1200 plus women there. 
And we actually had Morgan as a guest on the show, the um the founder um uh, of Blavity. Yeah, she's right? been on twice. Mm-hmm. Morgan Debon. And I think the last time we had her on, she had just launched twenty one ninety, like the lifestyle and health, mental health kind of um vertical, right? Yes. And what was so great about it is that with um it was like three tracks. It was uh the beauty track, there was an impact track, and there was a money track. So I was there to talk to do the money track. But Mandy, let me tell you, so many of them, so many of the wonderful, amazing women that attended were like, oh, I love your podcast. Somebody I said hi. Two hugs for me, one for me. So I, I owe you like fifteen hugs. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Atlanta always shows up for us, I feel like. Yes, they were just so excited. And it, honestly, it was it was a weekend that I needed because I've been in like a meh mood like the last couple of weeks. Nothing's happened. You know, you just get like, I'm not, haven't been as inspired. Um, because sometimes right now there's no major projects or whatever. Sometimes the work can be like redundant. You know what I do? Like management, like, oh, let me call this team member and this team member. But I got to teach. And um, so I, I did a 30 minute kind of like talk. And then afterwards, so many women had questions. I spent two hours in the hallway, like answering questions and then a group formed. And before you know, it, we had second class in the hallway. And I realized like, you know what? It was the pick me up that I needed. And I think I'm going to do that once a month, someplace free in Newark and just be like, hey, guys, meet me here because I don't often get a chance like my business teaches, but I realized me as Tiffany, I don't often get a chance to teach in person. And so um, it was just wonderful. And just want to shout out all the women who are listening, who are there. Um, thank you for just showing me and Mandy some love. Yeah, it must be nice to get back in your element because it's like you set up the business so well, like to the point where you, it's kind of like it, it's become its own massive success. And you, yeah, I can see how you're not obviously doing like free financial planning sessions or financial coaching sessions anymore. Yeah. And honestly, because I, I really don't have time to do like one on ones, but I'm realizing like I just I missed it. Like, I really love teaching. And it wasn't until like Morgan even came up to me when I was in the hallway. She's like, you're still here. And I was like, what time is it? She's like, it's four. I ended at two. And I thought, OK, Tiffany, you really miss like the interaction with people and teaching. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. But yeah, it was just honestly, it was wonderful. Morgan did an amazing job. It was organized. The speakers were great. The women were great. Because sometimes you go to conferences and you see people there like, you know, that wasn't that great or I didn't like this. The food was great. They had vegetarian. They had vegan. They had chicken. They had. I mean, it just it was so well done. And so, yeah, Blavity, well done. Well done, Morgan. Awesome. I'm so proud of her. And didn't they get acquired or something major happened with them recently? They're doing so well. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe they did, but I hadn't heard that, though. But maybe. What about you? What, how was your weekend? I already forgot what I did this weekend. Oh, um, speaking of feel-good vibes, we actually did our um, – my company does, like, a quarterly service project. and But this quarter, we actually did, like, a – it was an opportunity to do something actually out in the community. And my – I got a chance to partner with my really good friend, and his name is Brian. He started a nonprofit called Break a Difference um, a few years ago. And Break a Difference basically organizes these volunteer groups um, through corporations. Like, if you want – if your corporation wants to get a bunch of your employees together for a service project, Break a Difference organizes it. But they also do, like, week-long breaks, like spring break or winter break for college kids and high school kids which is how I met this friend, Brian. Like we met each other right after Katrina in 2006. We volunteered. We did a spring break um, in Biloxi, Mississippi. 
And we just spent the week like living in tents and helping these devastated communities rebuild. And that's where our bond started. So cut to 12 years later, now he runs this nonprofit and he got to help us organize our day of service. And we ended up spending the whole Magnify Money team went to Queens, to Long Island City, Queens, or sorry, Astoria, Queens. And we um, helped build garden beds and shovel compost and pull weeds at this really cute community garden called Two Coves, which mm. which I lived in Astoria for like six years, and I had never been to Two Coves Community Garden, and it was amazing. You know, the woman there, Vanessa, who started it like a couple decades ago was talking about, basically, it was a part of Astoria that had a lot of low-income housing and a lot of crime, and people were like dumping on this site. They were dumping trash, but she, was t- she said they dumped mattresses, boats, wow. like beyond beyond just normal trash and eventually members of the community got together and said that's enough and they applied to be able to um, convert it into this community space and now it's just gorgeous garden and like people you can apply to have a little plot and I've never I mean like I love Queens so much because you you just will not find a more diverse um, place in America like I, I mean there was like people of all walks of life faith colors creeds um, just their gardening just like tending to their squash and their flowers and their whatever. And we were, you know, so my team was like building little garden beds for each little plot. And it was, it was one of those days where you need to get out of the office. And it's so Mm -hmm. nice just like, first of all, it's nice to talk to people I work with because this has been a crazy year and we haven't, you know, we just are always grinding, grinding, grinding. And to get us out of the office in the sunshine, like knee deep in dirt, in like earthworms and bugs. Um, <laughs> it was, it was so nice. Like, and it just it reminded me of that same feeling I had when I was 18, when I first met Brian doing that outreach. And now I'm thinking, I feel like we both had similar moments then. I'm <laughs> like, I'm yeah. thinking I need to go back to doing more community service projects because I've gotten in this mode where I do my monthly donations to different organizations that I support, but I'm not actually like doing anything or you know, out in the community and, or, you know, helping people with my own two hands. And there was something really, I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day like that, when you're just so tired and we were so dirty and gross, but then you have Vanessa who founded Two Coves. Like she gave this really impromptu little speech about how special everything it was that we were there. And it's just, oh, so many like feel good, you know, so many emotions and everyone just left with a huge smile on their face. And, I mean, yeah, we missed on a day of work and we're catching up now, but it was worth it hundred no, times. It sounds like it, honestly. I just love that. That like nothing like outside and giving back. That was the, to me, you know, it's so crazy because you're right. We had similar weekends because to me, the theme for the weekend for me was like service, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I realized that like, hmm, when's the last time you've been of service? Because it's easy for me to get lazy and say my business is of service. You know, but I'm like, no, that's cute. But you, Tiffany, mm-hmm. when's the last time you've been of service? And it, it's been a long time. And so it was like, you know, being of service just feeds your soul. And so look at us, twins. I might, I'm going to have to find something in my new neighborhood to do. I don't know. Help an old lady cross the street. I don't know. Something, <laughs> something right? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in America, did you see the story about... I love this story so much. So Oprah and Meghan um, Mer- Markle's mom are supposedly best friends, apparently, people were saying. What? You know, Meghan Markle, you know, of course, now the princess. What is she, like a queen or a princess? No, duchess. A, oh, sorry, duchess, Prince Harry's new wife. Anyway, 
Um, so her mom, of, like the beautiful images of her mom at the royal wedding, you know, she was sitting by herself to the side, a black woman, and, you know, this famous church watching the first black duchess ever married the prince. It was amazing. But um, Oprah was at the wedding and apparently they were photographed like Meghan Markle's mom leaving Oprah's house with all these packages and gifts and stuff. Um, so, And people were saying that Oprah was trying to bribe her to oh like to get the first interview with Harry and Meghan. Meanwhile, do you know Oprah? Like she doesn't bribe. Um, yes. But Oprah set the record straight and it turns out what happened was she invited her mom over, I think her name is Doria, over to her house just to talk and she had asked her to bring a yoga mat because her mom is a yoga teacher just in mm. case as you do, you decide to do some yoga with Oprah. <laughs> um, but then they had a delicious kumquat, like they had a kumquat dessert or something and oprah was like oh yeah i have a kumquat tree you like kumquats here's an entire basket of kumquats i can't and sent, <laughs> sent her out the door and she's like i'm not bribing her they were kumquats people i what first of all uh just yeah i i don't care what i'm like oprah i mean i you know you can give me a, a bath rug and i'm taking it home and i'm framing it like i got a oprah bath rug but you know people are always trying to look for like the the bad and, and the good but I want them to be BFFs because I think Megan, I mean, I don't know, obviously her mom, but she just seems like so poised and just like a lovely woman. And I think Oprah would make a great BFF. Yes. Did you know there's <laughs> also, you were the one, did you tell me about the making Oprah podcast? Oh, yes. I Way back when, did you hear, mm-hmm. hear that they did, they're doing the making Obama one about Michelle? Really? Yes. I'm going to need to go download that. Yeah. It's not, so it's not up yet. Um, I think it, no, I think it is up. I think they have a few episodes up. Um, I just saw it on like some podcast list. Meanwhile, you please listen to Brown Ambition, but when you're done, go check out yeah. <laughs> making, yeah. cause making Oprah was so good. It told the story yeah. of how she became Oprah. Um, and this is, this is going to like feed my appetite until the becoming Michelle book comes out. Yes. That would be, I, I wonder if it's making Oprah or becoming Oprah, but I don't remember either way, but it was a really good um, the woman who did the the work, the journalistic work on it, just did a really good job, and somehow also convinced Oprah to come on, which was amazing. Yeah. But to really capture her story from beginning, as far a professional story, I mean, from beginning to kind of like the end of the Oprah show, it was just excellent, like just so well done. So I I'm assuming that Michelle's will be all equally as amazing. I'd okay. love that because live correction on the air, it's making Obama, it's Barack Obama. All right, less okay. interesting. Okay. Well, <laughs> Why I mean, am I less interested? I mean, he was a president. I thought I it was going like, to be I Michelle. Can't. We all just love Michelle. Remember, I remember even even like President Obama said that he was like, I mean, you go, you guys are just here for Michelle anyway. And we're like, we are. I mean, you're cool too, Barry. You know. But like, but, I've read his books. I know enough about him. It's it's Michelle who I want more about. Like, ugh. Anyway, it's fine. It'll be great. But yeah, it was called Making Oprah and uh, by WBEZ Chicago, Making Obama, and they have one, two, three, four, six episodes up. So. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. 
Insure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. You guys, I don't know about y'all. Tiff and I both got married this last year, but uh, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like if I got married and then we sat down one day, did some calculations and realized we had close to $200,000 of debt. Um, but I wanted to bring on this week's guest to the show, Faith and Leo from Atlanta, because I came across them on Instagram and their story was so inspiring. Um, this actually happened to them. They're a young couple from my home state of Georgia. Um, (laughs) and they got married and had their whole lives ahead of them. But when they sat down and really did the math, they realized, holy crap, we actually have six figures worth of debt. Now, what they didn't do was put their heads in the sand and freak out and say, you know, this is impossible. We can't achieve this. They sat down and said, okay, how are we going to make this happen? They took on extra jobs. They completely changed their lifestyle and they managed to pay off over a hundred thousand dollars in the last year alone. That's crazy. Amazing. So I saw them on Instagram, totally random. I slid into, I never slide into anyone's DMs. I don't really know (laughs) what that means. Like, is that creepy? But I slid slid into Leo's DMs and I said, you guys, do you want to, I want to have you and your wife, Faith, on the podcast because I think people need to hear a story like this because sadly, they're not necessarily unusual, right? like six figures of debt to 20 somethings, you know, two millennials getting married today. Like we all have debt, um, Mm -hmm. tons of student debt. And it's not like they did anything wrong. But what I find really inspiring is that they made a plan to actually tackle it and is clearly working. So Faith and Leo, thank you for coming on Brown Ambition. Yes, thank you. for Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're glad to be here. How, how, how did you do this? How did you, well, t- take us back to when you guys first met, when you got married, and when was it that you realized you were sitting on 200, was it 200 something thousand dollars worth of debt? Yes, it was approximately 211,000. And uh, we met in 2014. I moved from Boston for a job here in Atlanta, and Faith moved here for school. Um, she went to Emory University, and a friend of mine invited uh, me to a small, uh, to a young adult service at his church, and so I went to that service um, on a Wednesday night, and my friend wasn't there. He didn't show up, but I went anyways, and lo and behold, they were having small groups, and Faith and I happened to live in the same city and ended up being in the same small group. So she couldn't take her eyes off of me and the rest is history. <laughs> she didn't know about that. She didn't know about that debt yet though. No, she in her in her mind, she was like, I don't know about hers. So And y'all are newlyweds, so I mean it's only been a year. Did you guys know about the debt before you got married? Yes, we sure did. Um, We had premarital counseling with our pastors um, a few months before we got married, and we were forced to talk about everything, including our finances. So when we sat down with them, one of the sessions that um, we had was about our purpose. 
and what was the purpose of our marriage? Why are you two together? What is it that you guys want to accomplish? So um, one of the things that we wanted to do as a family was be a family that gave, and not only um, financially, but our time. And the biggest thing standing in our way was our debt. So we decided to look in our accounts and total all of our debt up to see what we were up against. And there was the 200,000. <laughs> who, who was leading the charge as far as having the most amount of debt? Me. I, of course, was. So I um, went to private school. I knew I when got... I heard Emory, you were in trouble. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I got both of my undergrad degrees from private school. And I also got my like um, graduate degree from private school, too. And I just thought it was normal to call Sally Mae. And I took out an excessive amount of student loans. I didn't apply for any scholarships. I was just like, well, Sally Mae is just going to get me through Emory and all of my schooling. So I was the one that brought in all the debt. <laughs> I mean, you, you had some help. Yeah, yeah. I don't, had some help. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't take full credit. And now you're a nurse practitioner. And Leo, you are an occupational therapist. Um, but how, when was it that you realized, okay, if we really want to tackle this debt, we need to take on extra work? Right away. There was no way we would be able to pay off um, all of our debt within a reasonable amount of time if we did not pick up extra jobs. So I started doing the extra working first because Faith was still in school um, when we started dating and courting. So I um, worked on the weekends, worked on pretty much practically every Saturday. Um, so I was doing six days a week um, for as long as I can remember, still doing it now. So when Faith graduated and started working, um, she continued her part-time job from, um, uh, from her master's program while starting her full-time job. So we just said this might have to be our life for the next couple of years so we can really attack our debt. <laughs> I was just going to say, was this a plan that you guys created before you got married or did you kind of wait until after? It was a plan to pay off our debt, but we did not anticipate that it would be to um, to this extent. Yeah, to this extent, and as intense as we have been going this past year. I think once the ball started rolling, um, and we saw how much ground we were making, um, then we decided to just put our foot on the pedal a little bit more each month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you get to $100,000 in a year? Walk me through that. I mean, that's what, 12 months in a year, 75, carry the one. It's a lot of money yeah. every month. I mean, that's thousands of dollars you guys were saving each month. So, I mean, were you reducing your expenses? Um, how much were you bringing in those extra jobs? I mean, I feel like you guys must never have even seen each other if you're working that much. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we reduced pretty much all of our extra expenses. And so every single month we had a budget meeting and we listed out, you know, what we had planned for the month. Um, and what else did we do? We carpool to work. So we both work in South Atlanta. So instead of taking two cars to our job, we carpool, um, which saves us on gas and also miles on another car. And we rarely eat out as well. So I'm packing all of the lunches. <clears throat> I am making dinner every week. Like we're rarely eating out. And that is what helped us 
save um, a lot of extra money because if you think about it, if you're constantly eating out, you know, even if you get a meal that's like $5, after a while it begins to add up and we realize that we were saving so much money by packing our lunches, by making dinner and also carpooling. Yeah, and we also don't have cable, so mm -hmm. we have an antenna that we bought from Walmart, so we can pick up the local channels. We have our Fire Stick. I still, till this date, have the iPhone 5S, and I know they no longer make that at <laughs> Apple. It's vintage. Yeah, so <laughs> my phone bill is literally less than $300 a year because I'm on a, a family plan with a bunch of cousins of mine. So any little wiggle room that we could, we found and extra money would go straight towards um, Sally Mae and Fed Loan Servicing and Great Lakes. You uh, should walk them through our weekend times of like with working so that yes. they can get it. <laughs> so Faith and I would go to work on Friday. Friday afternoon, I would leave um, my full-time job and go to my part-time job for about three and a half to four hours, Faith would be home sleeping. When I get back, Faith would be waking up to go to her overnight nursing job. And I would go to sleep in the morning, I would be waking up and Faith would be coming back in and I would be leaving to go to my part-time job on Saturday morning. And we did that for the past, I don't know, six or seven months as we got really intense. So it would literally be like, hey, Oh, hey, see you later. Give a kiss and, <laughs> yep, see you in a little bit. Yeah. But it was worth it, though. I mean, we have um, a poster that we have been tracking how much debt we've paid off. And even though we spent, like, a few months of our life not really seeing each other, it's been really worth it to see how much debt we were able to pay off with a lot of discipline, a lot of self-control, um, and just Deny, delayed gratification, we were able to do all of that. How did you prioritize the debts too? Because you don't have just student loan debts. You have some credit card debt. I think you said you had a home improvement loan. Like a lot of people, you have different, you know, piles here and there. How did you prioritize them? Uh, the credit cards were from uh, wedding expenses. So we got rid of those fairly early. It started with me um, a month before we got married attacking those. Uh, so we prioritized that, and then we transitioned to the loans that were under my name, which were my student loans, because Faith um, was able to qualify for a loan repayment. So we were like, oh, let's just try to get rid of my loans because we don't have that option for me. So What do you mean loan repayment? So she has the option, and we haven't done this yet, but she has the option at the end of... I think at the end of next year where she can apply for loan repayment through her job in exchange for two years of service to continue working in an underserved population. I so, see. Yeah. So she has that as a nurse practitioner, whereas I don't have any of those options as an occupational therapist. So we decided to attack mine first. Okay. That right. was smart. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize. I was going to ask when you said you were a nurse because nurses, I think doctors, even teachers, there are these yep. loan loan repayment assistance programs you can look into. So that's excellent that you found that. How yes. much How much are you able to get um, forgiven or repaid through that program once you apply? So for an exchange of 
two years of as working as a nurse, they could give you up to $50,000. Wow. Which is fantastic. Yes. And we, we were speaking to our financial advisor and we have the option to have, um, I guess, the government or these loan repayment programs pay off the remainder of our loans, but it would take us six years to do that because, you know, 50000 and then I think it's 50000 for the first two years and then it goes 20000 for the next two years and then ten. So we have the option to do the loan repayment, but we don't want to be in debt that long. No, we're just ready to be done. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you do have just some debt left that you're still paying off. Are yes, gonna... I have over a hundred thousand left. Okay, just, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we're okay. halfway there. I was going to say. So, what's your timeline? What do you think? How long do you think before you knock it out totally? We're hoping by the end of 2019 that we would be done, and that is um, if we apply for the loan repayment. So okay. Faith would just have to be at her job for another two years starting next year. Okay. Wow. You guys are goals as far as like working together. So, you know, that's my question because people ask me this. How do you get on the same page financially with your partner? How were you able to do so? Was was there somebody that took a little longer to get on the same financial page or was it something that, you know, it was easy for you guys to come to a consensus? So, Leah, it wasn't easy for me to come to an agreement with this. Um, so Leo is the one that is very determined. He gets a goal and he just runs after it. Me, on the other hand, I am not like that. And so when I saw how much debt we were in, it just to me seemed impossible for us to get out of. Um, so I struggled with that. But then I think that the thing that helped me in that process is realizing that this is just a temporary season. Like this isn't mm-hmm. going to last forever. So let's just sacrifice right now so that for the next, I don't know, maybe 50 years of our life, God willing, we can live that debt free. Um, so this is just a season. And so we just have to sacrifice and do everything that we can right now to get out of it. Yeah, and for our conversations that we had, you know, we would dream about what we wanted life to be like five years from now, 10 years from now, three years from now. And that helped us, you know, sacrifice the now for what we wanted in the future. And um, we knew what it was like to sacrifice in order to go to school. So we had already experienced life in some capacity. Um, So, hey, why not do it for a bigger goal? Why not do it for our family? Why not do it for generations after us? So that's what really kept us motivated once we knew what our why was. So, I love that. That was smart. You guys are, honestly, you guys are really, really inspiring. And I love that that future dreaming helped you get on board faith because it is hard sometimes for people to, because it's hard. You feel like you work hard and you don't want to sacrifice your life away. But when you realize it's not really a, an eternal sacrifice is just a temporary one. Right. Definitely. And that's what helped me be able to get through it. And then also having the visual um, helped me as well that we created. Yeah. So we started off doing the um, we started off by doing the highest interest rate because mathematically that made the most sense. But faith wasn't really a fan because most of our high interest rate um, yep. debt was the highest amount. 
and it would take us forever to pay those off. But once we switched to the debt snowball, um, she was a lot more um, forgiving and <laughs> on board yeah. when she was able to see us cross off, you know, one or two loans every month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, that's why studies show the snowball works because it's all about mm-hmm. that like motivational, like the psychological impact of little yeah. small. It's like when you, whenever I took a test in school, I always put my name on the paper first. Because I was like, well, I did that right. And then I'll move on to the next, to the hard stuff. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really smart just to, I mean, it also helps establish the rhythm and the habits so that by the time you get to the bigger debts, you guys are like, oh, we know how to do this. It's just a little bit more Definitely. than what we were doing before. Yeah. What does the future look like for you guys? I mean, I think a lot of millennials today, I'm sorry for saying millennials, I know, but people in their 20s and early 30s who are in your shoes, right? So much debt, it can feel impossible. It can feel like a pipe dream. Just even small things like starting a family or, you know, buying a house someday. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk talk about how your goals feel to you now when you know you also have this, you know, other $100,000 hurdle in front of you coming up. So even though we still have the $100,000 left to know and to reflect back on the past year, like when you really think about it, this year flew by and we were able to pay off $104,000 in 12 months. And so even though we still have the next 12 months or the next $100,000 left, like it seems extremely doable to us. And I mean, our plans are we plan to start a family soon in the near future would be really nice. Um, what else do we plan on doing? Just vacationing. We're going to Costa Rica, um, enjoying restaurants in Atlanta and, um, spending more time with our friends. So we're just really looking forward to, um, the time that happens when we're debt free. Yeah. And, you know, we love to share our story because like you said, many people don't think it's possible to pay off debt and that being in debt is normal. And I don't know anyone who is okay with paying double or triple what they bought or purchased. Um, And that's what we do when we stay in debt all of our lives. Like we're paying triple the price or the value of our product. Um, So we just want to encourage folks to, you know, list their debt, see what it is that they owe and create a plan. It doesn't have to be 12 months. It could be five years, but if you have a plan, that's a start. So, you know, I think about, you know, our parents are in their late 50s, early 60s, and we want to be in a position that, hey, if they weren't able to take care of themselves, at least we've made the decision to be in a better financial um, state in order to take care of them. We want to be able to say more yeses to our children than no's just because we can't support them financially. So, that's what drives me and that's what keeps me going and that's what we're looking forward to in the future. Were there any moments this year when you guys kind of hit the wall and looking ahead to next year, will you will you go at it as hard as you've been going at it now? Because I know when you and I spoke before, you had talked about, you know, getting, I mean, it can be really, really draining this keeping pace like this and it can start to take a toll you know, on you individually, together as a couple. Um, Are there any lessons you've learned this year that you might do things a little bit differently with your approach coming up this year? Um, So I'm I'm really tired 
Um, Fair enough. (laughs) Has been very tiring. Um, So I think that even though we spent a lot of our time not seeing each other, the thing that helped in our relationship was constant communication with one another. And I felt like we grew in our relationship because it's almost like we were forced to communicate. We had to see how each other was doing. um, And that is what helped us get through it, realizing that I had a teammate, someone that was there um, wanting to accomplish the same goal as me helped so much. And then um, looking to next year, I I personally don't think I can continue as as much as I've been doing right now. Like I'm tired. So I'm getting a break right now. Um, and then hopefully we're going to start back up again pretty soon. Pretty soon. When you yeah. say break, do you mean taking on less work? Definitely less work. So I'm still, of course, doing my full-time job and I'm still doing some overnight shifts, but definitely not as much as I was doing before because I was literally doing like my full-time job along with like five to six overnight shifts each week. And so now I'm probably doing maybe about one overnight shift a week, which is a drastic change. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think a lot of people listening might say, okay, I'm in a similar position. Where do I start? Where would you suggest, like, if they're with someone and they're married now and they're just like, okay, we both want to admit that we're really in debt and we're not sure what's the first step? What should we do? I would tell them to um, dream together. Okay. Um, I think going straight to the numbers may not be the best way. Um for some people, so talking about where you want to be in the next three, five years, um, what do you want your life to look like? And then once you guys come up with a common goal, um, write down how much you owe, visually seeing the amount of debt that you owe, what your lending institutions are, what your interest rates are. I mean, the government is hiking up the interest rate quarterly, it seems. So um, writing down all of that information and having a visual and creating a budget that lists your income and your expenses and seeing where you can reduce some expenses, either by cutting something off completely or just, you know, switching from a planet, um, switching to a planet fitness membership instead of LA fitness. So. Yes. Come through plan with that nine ninety nine plan. That's the plan yeah. I'm on. That's it. That's, it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome advice. Thank you guys so much. This has been so like I mean, I wish I would have when I first met Superman, that's my nickname for um <laughs> my husband. But now now he's on board, but in the beginning, oh boy, it was like everybody's not a bunch of Nista. Give him your book. Yeah, what he was uh, he was not impressed but what <laughs> but what did help to your you know to your point Leo and Faith is that when we started talking about the life that we wanted and we wanted to buy a home and some other things so once once he saw that you know that what we were working toward was going to make that happen um especially when we started home shopping then he was like okay I totally get it and now that we have a house he's so excited and we're closing on a second one for investment purposes and oh, now that's top. why Yes. Yes. That's why when I said, what do you want to do for our honeymoon? You know, do you want to go on vacation or whatever? That's why he was so quick to say, no, I'm honestly, 
I'm fine because now he's fully on board because he can see the fruits of our labor. Right. That's great. And I don't, you know, aside from, you know, buying an, uh, an investment property cash and receiving all of the rent to your pocket, I don't know anything in our case that would have put, you know, $1,100 plus dollars back in our pockets from paying off our $100,000 of debt in the last 12 months. So when we look at how much was coming out of our pockets and going straight to those lending institutions, it gives me that much more motivation to be like, hey, we can have $2,500 a month remaining in our pockets if we got rid of all of our debt. So we're just super excited. Well, thank you all so much for coming on the show. Um, we'll be following your journey. Tell us, everyone, if you're if you're going to be sh- you're going to be sharing your journey on Instagram, right? Of course. Yeah. Awesome. What are your What are your Instagram handles so the folks can follow you if they want to follow? Leo, what's yours? Mine is Leo. That's L E O J dot L. And mine is Faith underscore Jasmine, which is J-A-S-M-I-N-E, and the number five. You guys are too cute. I wish you both the best. Thank you. Newly, newlywed goals. I mean, go for a nice dinner for, for, your, for your anniversary coming up, right? Yes, yes. This June? actually are. I sent Faith the menu, and we're um, going to a place that has $60 steaks. Faith, Faith yes. Was I am not on board with that. Like, <laughs> $60 for yeah. a steak? No, yeah. just, just this one time, Faith. It's your one year. Just that honestly was such a great interview. I feel like that even if you're not married, you, there's just so many great takeaways of um, of what you can learn from from both Faith and Leo. As my biggest takeaway was that before you do like the tangible work to really work on the the emotional and mental work by just dreaming about what life could be like. And that's what's going to motivate you. What about you, Mandy? What'd you take away? I love that they did premarital counseling and they did it through their church, which is really smart. Um, Husband and I did premarital counseling too. We found, we just, I mean, I think I just Googled family therapists, premarital counselors in my city with my zip code and just found, you know, a highly rated one. And we did that for, I think we had maybe four or five sessions with our therapist before we got married, which was helpful. It helped us just get in the right headspace. We didn't have as huge of a financial burden, but just like the act of sitting down with an objective person and talking about um, how you are as a couple and, and reminding yourselves that it's really about the two of you um, is helpful. So I love that they they did that as a couple because otherwise it didn't sound like Faith was going to be the too quick to to want to talk about um, her debt. So I wonder if they hadn't done that, how they would have. You know, we get that question a lot. How do I... Um, how do I, you know, get my spouse on board paying off debt? And sometimes it's hard for you to do it, right? Yeah. Like it's, it was hard for me to get my husband to tell me his credit score or, or, you know, talk to me about his finances in the beginning. But once we had like an objective third party person, he and I did this even before we, long before we got engaged, did this um, like couples and finance one hour class that was, I don't know, like 20 bucks or something. And that was a start for us. It was a huge breakthrough because it was someone, but that wasn't me. 
um, that wasn't so close to him to us, you know, asking those types of questions. And that helped break the ice and release that tension. Well, that's good. I mean, we didn't do uh, premarital premarital counseling, but that would have been helpful. Honestly, it wasn't like, <laughs> I will say that we like, we, you know, we were together for a while, but and we didn't have a huge, like as it relates to personal finance, because by the time we got married, we'd worked through a lot of like the financial differences we had. Thank goodness he didn't have, Superman didn't have any debt. That made it super easy, quite honestly. It was just some mm-hmm. habits that I thought like, you know, we could do better as it relates to this, but he didn't have like, you know, there was no credit card debt. There was no student loan debt. There was no mortgage. There was nothing. It was just like, mm, babe, that's probably not the best way to go about that. That kind of thing. But now we're on the same track. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, to me, it was really inspiring. And um, I hope the biggest thing you took away was um, service and that if you can dream it, you can do it. If you can dream. Okay, R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, We, sh- we should take back that song, though. Can we just take back that song without without giving him any kind of royalties? I don't I don't think so. I just, Ugh. I mean, it's such a shame because it is a great song, but he is the the most terrible human being on the face of the, the earth. The worst. I'm, yeah. Well, let's end on that note. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like to bring it back to sexual predators at the end of every show. <laughs> That's so Brad Bishop. We'll have such a lovely time. We're like, ah, oh, yeah, let's bring some terribleness up. Anyway, all right, Mandra, until next week. Love, wait, love you? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I'm so tired. Like oh, you didn't say it back. Oh, no. Oh, okay, I bye. It back. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Mandy. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets, on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.